0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Tonight, we'll go back in time to season's past. When 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score, which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to Gridiron Greats. Football! <laughs> <laughs> it's the memorabilia of the Gridiron Greats Publishing and Broadcasting Network. In conjunction with Swick Enterprises, we're live from the Wally for Connecticut home of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We'll cover 150 plus years of football history and memorabilia. And you can find us on the web at GridironGrates It is at this time. I'd like to introduce my co-host. He's a senior contributing writer for Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football, memorabilia historian, specializing in pre World War II items, and particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk uh. items, particular Steve Larger. He hails from Portland, Oregon. Mr. Joe Squires. Joe, welcome Hello. to the show tonight.
0: Uh, always always a pleasure to be here, Captain. Always a pleasure.
1: Joe, it's good, good to hear from you again, and it's good being on the air again with another show, and I'm going to start off by telling our audience tonight, we're going to do something completely different. Uh, we're a completely open forum tonight, and we have no script. So we're just going to shoot items back and forth. And we're going to talk about (laughs) the world of football cards and football memorabilia for the next 55 minutes or so. And I'm going to lead off tonight two things. First, uh, area, uh, I'd like to express my deepest sympathies to the Sayers family, the Chicago Bears running back legend. Gail Sayers has passed away. And um, that happened today. We're broadcasting this show on September 23rd. And again, what an icon sorely missed uh, in our football world. Great, great human being, great player. Uh, Just all around, just uh, a part of, uh, another part of my youth that has passed once again. And uh, I distinctly love and always will love the period of football from 1960 to 1969. I grew up with it, the college, the NFL game, the American Football League game. It was the Continental Football League game. It was just something to behold, something to to treasure. And I always said to a lot of my friends in the hobby, if I ever had to narrow my focus on something, I would always focus on the 1960 to 69 time frame with regards to keeping yeah. those items, collecting those items, so on and so forth. to, to me, that's uh, the greatest greatest error for football, as far as I'm concerned. And I know I got a few years on you. Yeah, but I've <laughs> talked about this numerous times in the past. it's It's just my era of football. And again when another icon leaves that error, uh, it's sad to say the least. But anyways, uh Gail Sayers has passed and uh we move on from
0: that. lead off point Just one of those classics and 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 i, I Gail Sayers, just one of those classics. And you you think about the amazing football careers cut short by injury. And uh, I, right. I know in your introduction, you know it's I'm, I'm, I, I dig I dig me some Red Grange, and there is, you know, there's the epitome of an amazing career shut, cut short by an injury. I mean, for for as much history as, as Red Grange has, uh, you know, for as much as he is in the pantheon of football greats, uh, legitimized the NFL out of college. His career, I mean, he played a year and a half of football. I mean from November to January with the Bears, maybe February, and then started the, uh, you know, started the, uh, you know, the, the New York Yankees. That only lasted about, yeah. you know, half, yeah. three-quarter yeah. of a year before he got injured, uh, oddly enough, against his old team, the Bears. Uh, but took a year off and then came back, and but never had the same moves. I mean, if you think about that injury now, if you know if red grange gets that injury now he goes under the knife uh his knees repaired he comes back a year later you know at 95 percent uh and we get to see the sure. gray goes in action same, same thing with Gail Sayers, just amazing football talent you know you know once in a generation and cut short by an injury so exactly exactly
1: you know and and, again, you kind of think about, in a way, the guys from the 60s and 70s who got those debilitating injuries, they would still be playing today, you know what I mean, because of yep. the medical advances with injuries and so on and so forth. It's just uh, it's just a whole different ballgame. So, in a way, I, I kind of hope, I, and I always say this, I really hope that the players today really understand how good they have it as compared to the guys yeah, who really right. played for little money, in many cases, little yeah. recognition. And they played for the love of the game. They played as a man, you know, playing for his honor more than anything else to prove that they can win a game. So it's very different, very, very different to say the least.
0: Well, it's, they are, and, like, uh, you know, all, all you have to do is, I mean, look at the, you know, I, I, I think you wrote an article who was at Gridiron Greats about two episodes ago? That was just talking about the injuries, the you know the CTE that a lot of players were you know were going through now. Um, I mean, and you know the advancements, the you know the concussion protocols, the equipment is better. It's I mean it's still a game. At the end of the day, this isn't two-hand touch you know professional football league. It's tackle. I mean, it's inherent with the game. Uh, there's going to be injuries. Yeah. There's going to be boobies. but I mean. They're doing a lot better taking care of the players now, but if you played back in that era, the concrete Charlie, you know, laying out Frank Gifford era, you know, then you were you were definitely a a little more, you know, chiseled out chiseled out of a granite block. That's for sure.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's just just a different game,
0: and we and we've said this
1: numerous times in the past. Every year is different, and uh, today it's more of a. Obviously, it's a much more precise and obviously much more advanced game, both with the ability of the player to heal himself and be yep. a, in a in a way to try to prevent injuries. Even though you have the you know the issues with the with the concussions and the like, it's still you know much different than it was years ago. Even from the eighty the yep. game from the eighties, I mean, it's completely different. Uh, the other point I wanted to talk uh, very briefly about before we get into a few other areas publications I, I recently got a nice letter from a uh longtime subscriber of GG who basically was saying he uh he always enjoyed reading about the game he never collected cards he never collected pennants he never really collected any other items other than programs media guides uh-huh. Street and Smiths. Uh, he collected a lot of covers of the old sport magazines, Sporting News, Sports Illustrated, and uh, he he basically read about the game more than anything else. And i've i've always i've always enjoyed publications. I mean, anybody who knows me knows I've collected publications literally all my life. One of one of the Greatest enjoyments I had was as a kid when I was reading about the game, was reading, you know, what you had real articles in the newspaper about, you know, games, players. Sports Illustrated at the time, especially during football season, had some incredible articles about the game. And uh, Sporting News had their own section for football, and you had Football Weekly, for, uh, Football News. You, you had a lot of different publications covering the game. And to me that, you know, since everything is basically online today, I just don't see, you know, people collecting publications. Yet at the same time, I um, I truly appreciate what the subscriber w- was talking yeah. about because I, I, I treasure those publications too. The information is just incredible. I mean, you know, some nights uh, I'll go into my uh, man cave and I'll, I'll pull down a You know, I got a 1954 Bears media guide. I'll pull it out and I'll read it again for the 100th time. And I just find the information fascinating, you know, and then I could fast forward to uh, pull out uh, one of my 1980s media guides and and see how much more information is in it, so on and so forth. So uh, don't underestimate if you're a collector don't uh, underestimate the power of a, of a real publication for your collection. I've always said that. I mean, it's it's a great addition to the to your collection. It's very historical programs, especially programs. How many really have survived yep. over the years, especially the early ones? We've talked about that numerous times. But even the newer ones now, I don't really really see uh, oh. you know a lot of a lot of individuals collecting it. And and that also brings me up. I I'm on a Green Bay Packer mailing list they sent on sunday a download, a downloadable program for the game against the lions and i'm i'm looking at it i said no this this really can't be but it is and it was a, it was the actual program from the game so if you went to the game an any packer game i've gone to any football game i go to i buy a program one way or the other but uh, I, I was just, uh, I was just so shocked to see it. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm saying to myself, did they actually print the program? Since there's no, no fans were allowed. <laughs> I have no clue. So whatever. Wow. But the the collection no, to for no. me for two th- for the 2020 football season will be a ticket stub, if any exists for any games for any of the few teams that are actually letting fans
0: in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, and I obviously I, collect, I, I I enjoy collecting programs from old games and uh, I mean you know Grange Thorpe here, and uh, I've got a couple of uh, Portland Rocket programs from the old oh, wow. and uh, obviously I live in Portland and it is fascinating to flip through a program you know Portland Oregon is not the you know the you know the the hub of football greatness like Green Bay is right uh, so not steeped in history, it's, but it's, it's really cool to look through an old program and look at the old advertisements and, like, oh, that place is still there. I mean, from 1942. You know, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's very cool. Um, and and I, I just like you said, I really enjoy going through and looking at old programs and, uh, and reading them and reading the ads and, you know, you know the recaps from the previous days. I don't know. It's, it's I, I miss the sports section, like you said.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 history that you're reading, and it's history you're holding on to, and and I, you know, again, it's a, many collectors appreciate it, but I, I just throw that out again to you know, don't overlook a program even if it's a newer program, yeah. because uh, you know, I, I I'm, I'm kind of concerned to see how many are actually going to survive. Especially if more and more, um, you know, uh, uh, hopefully next season it'll be normal and everybody'll be going to the games yeah. again. But who's gonna, who's buying what, so on and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I've always loved paper items. I've always loved publications, and uh, to me, you get, you just read history. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's just, uh, it's very, very interesting to, yep. to, uh, to, to read and to look at. All right, well, we're gonna. Hand off so I'm gonna hand off to you because uh, you got a pretty interesting item you want to talk about and up- oh.
0: yep well uh, I hope I'm not outing anyone but the memory lane uh, auction uh, just hit and uh, we'll talk about auction anticipation later there's a little uh, you know a, a little bit of a desert wasteland of, of auction that just you know hit you know a little, a little bit ago uh, but um, Memory Lane auction that just opened a week ago you know, has a very rare, very cool card that is close and dear to my heart. The 1929-1930 Roger, Rogers Pete Red Grange card, number 31. And we've talked about the uh, the Rogers Pete set here on the uh, Gridiron podcast a few times. You know, it's uh, obviously it was a, it's a, a one of our favorites. Local, you know, a, a, you know, local. Uh, uh, you know, issue Rogers Pete. Uh, you know, uh, you, uh, stores. You came in. You got an album, and I think Carl Lambadella, I always slaughter his last name. I apologize, Carl, but Carl's uh, been good enough to send. He, he has scans of the uh, of the album that came in. So it's a sports album. You yep. Ropico. You know, the Ropiko, um, you know uh, club, and then somewhere in there. You know they had squares, and you, uh, you you came in, you bought something, and you got the you got the card, and you glued it into the album. Right, so you the album turned it in. And there are for the entire set, there are four football stars: number thirty-three Ken Strong, number thirty-one Red Grange, number forty-one Red Chris Cagle, and uh, number thirty-seven Ed Whitmer. So, and uh, you know Carl has a, you know a picture of the album, the picture of where the the square where the football stars go. An explanation of the Ropico set, uh, and uh, obviously the two most sought after are the Ken Strong and and uh, you know the Red Grange. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we're pretty sure there are about three of these uh, 1929 1930 Rogers Pete Red Granges in existence. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have one. I bought it from the Mike Blaisdell collection, so I'm incredibly proud of that provenance. And then here's the mm-hmm. second PSA one here for sale. There's a third one that's graded by SGC, but, uh, two PSA and one SGC. So three none Uh, so here's a, an incredibly rare one of three card that's up for sale. And it's just, it's kind of cool to see. And, uh, it's currently at 3850 plus big, but a beautiful rare card of a beautiful rare athlete who stamped his name on the NFL. Uh, so I, just, I, I absolutely love seeing these cards come up uh, it's pretty cool to see on, me...
1: Let me put you on the spot joe what do you what do you think or what price range do you actually have a gut feeling that's gonna go
0: for finally with the uh premiums? I believe this same card sold i was on uh, sold in b s t two years ago uh, I was talking to John. Anna over the weekend, about something else, he and I love to love to call and talk, and and he couldn't remember. Uh, he he couldn't remember, and I'm like, man, yeah. I want your life, or I can't remember the rare and beautiful cards that pass through my hands. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I believe the same card sold for eighty four hundred dollars at uh, at BST two years ago. So my guess wow. is it takes two to bid it up that high. So somebody obviously bought it and. You know, decided it didn't fit their collection and moved on. So, if you take no. one, one bid less than that, there's your other buyer. So, my my guess would be, you know, uh, my guess would be six thousand plus the plus the twenty percent big. So, call it seventy two hundred.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Because okay. I was
1: I was saying to myself when when I was looking at that too, I was saying saying to myself it's probably going to go between six and eight. That's what I figured. Um yeah. you know, because the other one Great. the other one did go for the other one did go for eighty four. And uh and again it's a narrow collecting market for it as far as, you know, people understanding what it actually is, understanding the yes. you know how how rare it is in, in in the hobby. And uh, you know, again, it's uh it's an amazing card to say the least. Yep. So wow. uh how now how many how many are there
0: in existence
1: the I know we talked about that a long time
0: ago. Reno, when, when two it was. PSA and one SGC. I have one PSA. Here's the second, and there's an unknown SGC out there. But
1: all right, okay, whatever okay. it is. That's
0: what I thought. Yeah, all
1: right. But so it's, it's beautiful. I mean, beyond,
0: uh, one of the uh, main people, one of the main names in football. You know, Red Grange, and one of the rarest cards. You know, for, for him, and this is it. I'm on. am on uh, memory yep. lane right now, just looking at
1: it. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. Truly amazing.
0: And I, and again, this
1: this you know, I I try to put things in perspective as far as pricing is concerned, and I and I understand how the market – You know, I I I'm not naive about the market, but you could have a Tom Brady card that would go for over a hundred thousand dollars, and here you got Red Grange, uh, almost a hundred year old card that's going for 10% of that. You know what I mean? It, it just, it truly amazes me to, to see these variances in the hobby as far as pricing for certain cards and certain items yep. of memorabilia. It's just uh, mind boggling to me. Mind boggling. I couldn't agree with you more,
0: captain. <laughs> put me in that <laughs> list of people who, uh, yeah, put me in that list of people who don't quite understand um you know, why a, you know, 2000 Bowman Chrome card of, you know, of, uh, of Don Brady goes for a hundred thousand dollars. I don't, I, I, I think there's people who understand history and then there's people who, you know, I don't know. I mean, who knows? There's, you know, to me there's, you know, three very rare red grain cards, the star player candy, the Rogers Pete and the 1926, uh, you know his, uh, you know the the night so. It's
1: amazing, truly amazing. So the, but it, the, it'll, it'll
0: try that. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it it to me it'll be interesting to see where it ends up, and if if there's somehow a, a bidding war on it out of the blue, uh, you know that really drives up the price of it, and uh, you know again that's good for the hobby, bad for the people who are bidding against each other, but in any event it's. <laughs> It's it's uh, you know how an auction works, which also leads us to to think about and look at you know what happens if you're in a heated bidding war in an auction for a card you must have and you don't win it. I mean, what do you do? I mean, uh, when's the next time? You know what? Yeah. How do how do you react to something like that? I mean, I I you know my the auctions I bid on, I really I've really never gotten caught up in, in any type of bidding war for, you know, really anything because again, my my focus is a little different than than other collectors, so on and so forth. But how do you, how do you really react to something like that? And I know, I know you were in a, in a few battles over the years, you know, what what are your <laughs> thoughts on that?
0: Oh. No no regrets, Bob. <laughs> so uh you know, I you know save a little bit of dry powder for that rare card that shows up, and uh, try and have no regrets. It's you know you never know. I mean, and I've been on the other end of that where I, a card, you know, you know that you never see before pops up, and you you know you you overspend on it, and then two years later another one comes up and you know goes for half of it. But hey, you, you never know. I mean, yep. you know, take those 1926 Pottsville maroons postcards. You know that. uh you know, you know, Jeff you know, was, and I were talking about, you know, a couple shows ago, those are incredibly rare. There's, you know, one to four, you know, of each card, if that. Uh, so, I mean, when those come up, you gotta, you gotta snag them. I mean, and well, what if, you know, what if hiding in a closet somewhere, there's another, so, I mean, you can, what if these to death, but,
1: yeah. you know, some of these things yeah.
0: are so rare. Uh, was it exchanging, PMs with uh, you know private messages with Carl like a month ago. And there's rare, and then there's expensive. I mean, you know, if, if you want a Nagurski, you know, you can go out and buy one. If you want a PSA yeah. eight Nagurski, uh, well, there's only six of those, and you know they're very closely held, so you're not going to be able to find it. If you want a, you know, 1928, you know, star player candy, you know, red grain, you, you know, it's rare. It, you know, it's 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 incredibly rare. It's and there's yeah, three yeah, yeah. Uh, known examples. That's rare. Uh, the Spalding, the grain Spalding. There's uh, what six examples of that? But uh, right. uh, right. Spano fan Mike Blaisdell wrote a uh, you know a you know an article for Gridiron Grates in 2012 on the uh, 1928 Star yep. Starpoint candy. Uh, I keep a copy of that. I have little folders in my you know my 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 hobby you know, to talk about the, you know, the different sets. So I, I tend to take pictures of things and save them when I, you know, when they come up, but,
1: you know, pretty interesting. You know. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's
0: fascinating.
1: As, and to me, I I look at, you know, a Rogers Pete issue. I look at the Mayos, I look at the 35 yeah. Chickles. Okay. And you, 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 to me, you get the, that's the big three. With the exception yeah. of a lot of collectors who we know, are not sold on Mayos in any way, shape, or form because they're all college players. But again, keeping the context of the history of the game and, and the context of the history of football cards, it is theoretically yes. one of one of you know the earliest cards that's there that are out there. If not you want to declare it yes. the first one fine, so on and so forth. Then you you know, you get a few, you know, postcard issues, so on and so forth, and then you go into you know, basically jump ahead to the 35 Chickles. so now you've got mainstream cards, so on and so forth. I'm surprised, in a way, there's not greater demand for the 35-chickles of any condition. You know what I mean? Um, again, I think a lot of collectors are turned off saying, well, there's no way I'm going to collect the high series because I, I can't find yeah. them. And, you know, that that shuts down that set for, for, you know, a lot of, you know, base, regular type of collectors. You know that's the way I viewed it. You know over the years. Oh yeah. But. Uh, oh yeah. And especially I, when, I made it when about they started.
0: Seventy-five or eighty. Go ahead. Yeah, I made it about eighty percent of the way through that set, and uh, eventually got frustrated. And I I had a lot of. I had the Nagurski. Uh, you know I've had the, you know I had the Master son I had a. I I was missing the, the Bo Melinda and the Tosi. That bold Tosi card is the is the is the pain in the butt. You know in that set. That's the tough yep. one
1: yeah yeah exactly and it's uh i i don't know it's just to me it's a it's a it's an amazing uh, uh to see let me let me back up a bit it's it's amazing for me to see over an evolution of basically going back to the seventies and going to a show and not even know what a chickle was you know what i mean and rarely ever seeing it and then fast forward into the eighties and you're seeing one or two Chickles in the market. And I still remember to this day, it was a show in the mid-80s. I bought my first national Chickle. I bought a Ken Strong card for the ridiculous oh. price of $50. And I thought that was a heck of a lot of money to spend on it. And then I finally, you know, was able to do some research on it because now I had my Beckett Guide, so on and so forth. And I say, wow, this this is a tough set to find and to try to put together. And like i said numerous times, like I tried putting that set together three times and all three times I just, I just off sold everything and that was it. So, you know, it just the way it worked, the way it worked out, you know, but, uh, it's I, I'm amazed to see. And again, you know, timing is everything back in the seventies. If I had the income that I had back in the seventies that I have, you know, 50 years later, uh, I yeah. would have had a heck of a collection. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, just, just was not meant to be, and I'm not overly concerned about it one way or the other. So, there are a lot of,
0: lot of, yes, lot of sir. you guys have had a, a, lot of you guys have had a jump on. You know, I'm, I, I started collecting, and you know, got back into collecting in 1999, and really started getting into vintage, you know, 15 years ago. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, even 15 years ago, you know, you, you, you know, you guys have had a, you know, a, a 15 year jump on me. I mean.
1: Right, you know, but
0: right, and right. call. I mean, there's people who've been collecting while I was still in the Navy. So uh you know, so yeah, quite a jump on me. I mean and but even that rare stuff, if you knew about it, it it's still like it's not it's not out there. Uh I mean when right, you know, when eBay right. came around, it made it a little bit easier instead of going to shows. Now at least you have you know
1: It's just a, it's just it's an amazing,
0: amazing evolution and I still remember to this
1: day there was a a uh, couple towns over from me in West Haven, there used to be a little uh, shop, sports card shop, and he would lecture me when I would be in, and I'm talking, this is the early 1980s, he would be lecturing me on <laughs> buying football cards because he said, there's no value in football cards. Why aren't you buying baseball cards? <laughs> and I said, well, I prefer football cards. And I said, honestly, I, I have a lot of football cards. And then, and you know, like I always say, too, it took me years later to understand there were sets of cards. So, at that time in the early 80s, I started, you know, putting sets together. So, he had a, and I still remember to this day, he had a ton of Philadelphia commons. And I would be buying them, and, and you know, he was charging me ridiculous prices of $0.25, cents, $0.50 cents a card. And I had my $20 limit, yada, yada, yada. So, I tried to get as much as I could, you know, for my money to try to finish the sets up. And uh, But he would oh, always lecture me
0: every was, time. You know, every time I'm into shows movies. and... and you're talking about being at shows yeah. and finding football in the, in the trash or some guy, you know, you, you yeah. seeing it on the table. Like, what do you want for that? And it's like, I don't know. Give me a buck. Just get it off my table.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I go to a yeah. show and, and the dealers, you know, they would look both ways and they say, here's a cheese box. Give me five hours for it. And I would just open it up. I saw football and that's all I was concerned with. Inevitably a lot of those cheese boxes had basketball and hockey cards and which I really didn't want, but yeah. uh, I traded or sold to the ma mo- So, sold them off over the years, obviously. But, uh, you know, I was just concerned about football, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, 1989, football became golden, and uh, now all of a sudden people wanted to trade their 1989 Set for my 1959 <laughs> Caps cards, and I, I didn't think that was a good trade. so. You know, they were trying to sell me on how great eighty nine process will be in the future, yada 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 and, and I'm like, nah, I, I think I'll pass. I, I I never I never liked the idea of trading old for new type of thing. Uh so anyways, uh you know, the evolution and the explosion occurred and all of a sudden I'm in demand with what I had because I had been buying <laughs> it all along, but I really you know, what you know, whatever. I know I wasn't going to retire off of it. I just collected it because it was fun, and I liked football. I, I I liked football more, and I liked the a lot of the sets were small, so they were fun to to put together. You know, rather than a seven hundred card baseball set that was uh, much more difficult to collect. And at the same time, yeah. you know, I, I didn't want, I didn't I didn't feel like fighting with people to try to try to buy one card at a show or whatever type of thing. You know, so yeah. I did my own thing and. It is what it is, and, yeah. and that's it. I'm not going to... I have no regrets about it, you know, 50 years later of collecting type of thing. Actually, 50... Uh, well, 1965, so we are we looking at? 55 years of collecting. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not overly concerned with the movies I made, so on and so forth. But I just find... some. Of, I think back to some of the episodes I, I, at shows and in card shops and so on and so forth. And uh, another story... And I know I've said this a couple of times. There was a, a uh, card shop in New Haven. It had to have been in the late 80s, probably 87 or 88. And I knew the guy was having a tough time. And I knew he had to make rent. So he says, I said, well, what kind of football cards you got? He says, do you want all my football cards? Uh, and I was like, kind of taken back. I had just walked into the shop. Oh. And and he said, uh, I'll, I'll sell you all my football cards for $400. Well, I said, "Well, what do you got?" And you know, it was it was substantial. I mean, it was literally filled up my uh, car at the time. So I said, "Oh boy!" I said, "I think this guy needs rent money." So I said, "Let me take a chance on it." <laughs> so I gave him the four, four hundred, and uh, had to have been at least twenty-five monster boxes of football cards. There were star cards, so on and so forth, wax packs. I I, I did good on that one, but uh, I said to myself at that time, "Boy." Why would he want to sell all this if he had just marketed it? He could have got, a, you know, a few thousand dollars. He would have had rent for four or five months type of thing. But you never know. You never know. And at that time, everybody was an expert in football cards and in, in the hobby. So, they you know, card shops opened up left and right, and they closed yeah. left and right at the same time because, you know, they ran out of inventory and they ran out of customers. So that's what really yeah. what really happened, to say the least. So I don't yeah. know. Where different time frame
0: for do you ever, uh, how, do you ever uh, do you, are you familiar with the website auctionreport.com what um, what is it again Au- auction auctionreport.com it's a it's a oh, website yeah yeah. 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 i got it that. it tracks every auction house and the auction and the yeah. auctions coming and going it's generally yeah. 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 i you know, I I go to auction house. You know, and, and uh, I'm not affiliated with this in any way. Uh, you know, or getting anything. But I so I go to auctionreport.com and then I you know just click on the really handy links for upcoming auctions. And uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But what's also interesting is so you've got this list of like you know 25 auctions. You know, with you know blue hyperlinks. You know, on the right hand side, so you get a right, see right, auction right. coming. So. And there's always this anticipation, and you and I were talking before the show about auction anticipation, because, you know, for about a month, there, you know, a lot of auctions had ended, and we were waiting for other auctions to start, and it was like, uh, you know, Memory Lane, you know, started uh, four days ago, Leland started two days ago, Huggins and Scott doesn't start for a couple of days, but they just gave a, a preview, they opened up for previews, whereas most of them don't, but, you know, you had... Leland, you've got, you know, I mean, just, and there's always a couple auction houses that tend to have one or two gems. Uh, take memory lane, for example, you know, memory lane, you know, it, it, what I mostly know about them is they're, they're usually known for just, you know, landing some high grade stuff. I mean, if you want to mm-hmm. find a, you know, 1957 tops, Bart star, PSA, you know, that's where it goes. Uh, and then, lo and behold, they end up with this Rogers P card. But then, you know, right below it is the number one 1950 Bowman set of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's got a PSA 10 Elroy Hirsch in it. I mean, I mean it's, it's an incredible set. Uh, so, mm-hmm. memory lane to me is, you know, they're good for high-grade, you know, stuff. Uh, it's really cool stuff. And then you've got Huggins and Scott. Huggins and Scott tends to be where – you know, hey, here's a monster grouping of loose cards from 19, you know, 60 to 2000. You know, there's 2300 cards in here. Buy the whole lot and sift through it. I mean, they tend to be kind of dumping grounds, but uh, every once in a while, you know, a couple, couple, every other auction or so, they just have some really rare stuff. Uh, Huggins and Scott mm-hmm. is where I got my 1957 tops uncut sheet, and I'll never forget it because that was. I was just like, holy crap. I mean, that's a -a one-of-a-kind thing. Leland's, we've had him on the show before. Josh, he's very football-centric, so he tends to get really cool football stuff, but in the build-up to this, you can see Leland's and Huggins and Scott coming, you know, coming down the pike and getting ready to open, and, you know, memory lane, and and you're just like, oh, come on, open up. I just want to see what you got. It's like like Christmas anticipation. You can see the presents under the tree, but you know, you're just like, oh, Christmas (laughs) just around the corner. And yeah. Seeing these auction houses and Hyperlane and that uh, you know, like a week before they open, I mean, I was literally sending you know, I put it in my calendar, you know, you know, Leland yep. opens on yep. Sunday, you know, Memory Lane opens on Friday, you know, and it was just the anticipation. And then you go into you know, you click on Memory Lane, and you know, and I, you know, obviously they had some amazing stuff, the Rogers P, the 50 moment, uh, but then Leland's opened up, and I, 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 don't, I don't want to disparage it, but it's just they're they're always good for one or two really good things, or you know. And there was just kind of like yeah, a yeah. oh man, there's a lot of good stuff in here. It was because it's all modern. This uh, this where, 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 this latest one, where. is focusing on a lot of modern stuff. They've got the two thousand SP authentic uh, Tom Brady that you're talking about, and a BGS nine point five, and then it's a Tom Brady collection, and it's a bunch of uh, modern stuff. You know, you know, you get that far. It's over to basketball. But I don't know. And, to like it, you and I were, to oh, me, it's still,
1: it's, it's still interesting to see that, you know, there is that kind of demand for Brady and, you know, here's an auction yeah. house taking it in and they're going to, you know, inevitably make money on it one way or the other. Hopefully the, the collector who's selling it is, is going to be satisfied too with what he or she gets for it. And, uh, you know, that that's the market. I mean, again, you know it's interesting you mentioned that because i do I do get that email daily or whenever they send it at night, and then I poke around and and I basically just look at you know what I know what is gonna be coming up as far as football stuff just to see what it looks like, so on and so forth, and see if there's any you know truly you know amazing pieces like the what the Roger's beat in memory lane um card and it's uh in a way, to me, it's overload almost because you got so many auctions going on at all times. And, yeah. uh How do you keep up with it, and where do you focus on, and so on and so forth? And uh, you know, is is the demand truly there for for all that <laughs> all that material? Obviously, there is because we still see this. You know, so. Yep. You got a you got a Kevin Savage cards out of Ohio. He's running you know three auctions a week and. You know he's more he's more uh, for a budget-minded collector, and then you got others where you know you got the Leons and and you got uh yep. you, you know you got you got big-ticket items for for bigger collectors. So it's 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 interesting to see the the sheer mix of items. And to me, I'm reading history all the time when I'm looking at a, at a, at uh, any collection, and that's why I I I've always collected although I did get rid of a, a bunch of them, were, were auction catalogs, especially when there were significant football items in it. And uh, anybody who didn't collect all the BST auction catalogs, as far as I'm concerned, you, you, really, you, you really got every conceivable, um, you know, literally every conceivable card printed in those uh, catalogs to actually, you know, see them and, and view them type of thing. So the history of it is just incredible. You know, so, uh, but again, I always, I I say, and I I know I'm in the minority, I think there's there's auction overload, but at the same time, people are still bidding it, so it's a good sign in the hobby, and with no shows going on, there's obviously a lot more interest in auctions than there has ever been for collectors and, uh, you know, so... It was just literally a
0: a kid without candy for, you know, for, you know, three weeks. And I see these three auctions. I'm like, oh, Leland's always has some good stuff. Oh, Huggins and Scott. I mean, I'm nostalgic for them just because there's always just one really cool thing. I mean, they were the ones who had the 49 Silbers YA Tittle card. I first saw that thing like 10 years ago. It was like, what the hell is this? I never heard of Silbers. Uh, And uh, Leland's just sold one. I mean, so uh, you just – I don't know. I'm just, I associate certain auctions with items that I've won or seen. And I just, I always have some very high hopes for certain auctions, just having one or two really good nuggets. And uh, obviously, Memory Light, like I said, had a, a good nugget. I mean, but, you know, it's a cool item, but it's an item I have. So it's like, oh, that's amazing. I love yeah. seeing rare stuff. But it was, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, nothing for me. And Leland's didn't have much. And and I'm like, oh man, all right. What's next? Who's coming up next? I mean, I need a, you know, need a good BST auction or something. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah. Uh, it's. I don't know. <laughs> it's you, you, you know, you really, you you really got to know what you're looking for. You really got to know your budget, and you really, you know, again, it's, yeah. uh, it's amazing to see. What is being auctioned, and, and 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 the sheer volume of items that have been auctioned continue to be auctioned over the past 20 years. It, it's just it's just not not ending. I mean, to me, it's just you get at least once a year some amazing piece that comes to the market for the first time, and and yep. uh, you know there's still still demand for it. You know, that's the that's the best part about it. You know, it's just uh, truly amazing. Yeah. and that's a
0: Any Idi- any uh, in, any auctions that you think of that you're just like, oh, yeah, they've always got good stuff? I mean, it, it, it yeah. yeah, like right. used to be P. Right.
1: I've I've really learned to
0: like Lelands lately. So, you know, what about you, know, you?
1: It's, 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 well, to me, it's, you know, again, I just try to look for what's, you know, what to me is historical, interesting. I try to view it. And if I can get an auction catalog, I grab it and, uh, you know, I keep yeah. it with my files. So, and just do it that way. As far as as far as winning or, or bidding, I, I really haven't been bidding on a lot of stuff lately, and uh, it's just the way it is. And, and that's it. I, I I bid on a few things in Love of the Game uh, auctions. I bid on BST auctions in the past, and a few other uh, you know smaller auction houses. And uh, you know, if I pick up something, fine. If I don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it that type of situation. It was an amazing auction that happened. I think it was the last year for a, a bunch of Green Bay Packer items, and it was an auction house out of Wisconsin. And I don't remember the auction house, but I was saying the, the the pieces they had were 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 incredible, and I I pretty I got a feeling that it was whoever was there was looking for somebody local to handle it. And I said to myself, some of these pieces, if they actually had a real sports memorabilia or auction house handle it, they probably would have doubled what they what they sold for. So in a way, if you if you actually saw the stuff, find out, you know, find out where it is, so on and so forth. You bid on it, so on and so forth. There were a lot of bargains in it, but uh, I don't remember, uh, I, and I can't grab my notes right now of uh, which auction house would it, it was from. But it was somebody in Wisconsin, but it was a beautiful Packers. Uh, collection, a lot of a lot of publications, a lot of memorabilia. It was it was fascinating to see and view, but um, and you know, and again, you've got a lot of auctions of, of you know <laughs> local auction houses that handle sports memorabilia, and they really in a lot of cases don't even know what they have. So you know, it's it's literally a full time job to keep track of all the auctions with everything. You know what I mean? And trying to find anything. So yeah. uh, I know there's. I got one that, guy that, that, that's my
0: auction report. Yeah, auction report does a yeah. really good job putting them in chronological order. It's it, you know that that I literally just like you know once a week or so just kind of click on that just to see what's coming up.
1: Yeah, I mean it's and and you know they they provide a great service because again if, if I had an auction house and I was doing sports memorabilia, I'd definitely be advertising with them because uh, you know how many thousands of collectors are 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 getting that email and they're checking out those auctions, you know, that's the key. That's the key. Oh yeah. Shifting gears just a bit. Uh, I had another, uh, email from another collector on the show. We were talking a little bit about police sets and oddball cards. And again, to to me, I, I've said this numerous times. I've always liked the oddball football for whatever reason. I just thought it was very unique, very interesting. And again, years ago when I I uh, was collecting, a lot of this stuff was never catalog. You know, it had it was not in any catalog whatsoever. So I didn't know what I had. I didn't know how many cards were in this set, so on and so forth. As the years have progressed, pretty much everything has been cataloged. Uh, even though once in a while there's something that comes up out of nowhere, so on and so forth. Yeah. And um a lot of this email, in particular, he asked me for more information about the the flair in action stickers. And just to let um, everybody know, real quickly, 1977 and 1980, there's actually 65 different stickers for the complete set. But in 1978 and 1979, and this is what I explained in my email to him, there were. Uh, a a total of 170 uh, stickers for each, hopefully I'm getting this right, 170 stickers for each year. And the backs are what are different because they basically made several different puzzles from the Fleur in Action sets uh, for the Super Bowl of that year. And um, it, it's really exhausting to try to collect them. I know I finished the um, – I, and I always get them confused. I think I finished the 78 set. Now I'm, I'm finishing the uh, 1979 set, and I'm only down to missing about uh, a handful of stickers for which are the variations. So anyways, um, it, once you get past 1980, then you go back – to a normal run of uh, one helmet and one uh, logo for each team, so it's a lot easier to collect those sets than than the uh, than the other big four years of '78 and '79, so on and so forth. So they're tough uh-huh. to t- tough to come, tough to collect, tough to to find in some cases. And more importantly, you got to look at the back of the stickers to try to figure out what you have and what you don't have. So on and so forth, but anyways, um, I just want to touch upon that briefly. As far as as far as oddball, oddball sets are concerned, that's pretty uh, interesting. But oddball set because they were inserted with the wax packs, and a lot of individuals, I'm sure, took the stickers and stuck them. You know what I mean? They did not, uh, yeah, of course. They didn't say, "Well, gee, I got to put in a pristine master set of them" type of thing. And I can, I can still remember buying those FLIR wax packs in the 70s and in, in the 1980s. And, you know, I'm saying to myself, gee, how many are in the set? Yada, yada, yada. And it took me years later to figure out what the heck I actually had and, and how many were in each uh, set. So uh, it's much easier from 80, uh, 1981 to 88. From 88 the last year that they made the, the Fleur team in action sets. And it was... Uh, Fun fun oddball set, to say, say the yeah. least Yeah, it's 170 in the master set 1970 and 1979 And uh, yeah. They're yeah. just very tough to come by So Speaking just of wanted stickers, to I mean address that amazing that.
0: Article in the last grade on Grades That was written on, uh, you know The uh, 88 <laughs> Tops football stickers
1: <laughs> Exactly I mean, again, a lot of people Don't realize that Um tops had sticker yearbooks from 1981 to 1988. And I distinctly remember them. And and for whatever reason, I had a tough time finding those stickers. They weren't readily available around here for whatever reason. And as the years went on, I had a, you know, I still have a bunch of stickers from each year, but then I, I, um, I was able to make a set for each year and I'm proud to say I stuck them in the book. So I have the yearbook with the stickers stuck in the book. Oh, wow. In the proper proper location. So uh, they've been well-read over the years, to say the least. But anyways, uh, again, that's something people don't remember. They don't remember the um, red border stickers that they had, that they were inserted in um, the gumball machines. You would get a, put a quarter in and you get a sticker. From the uh, the uh, gumball insert plastic piece, and therefore they were uh, not widely collected until years later when they yeah. were all returned to the distributors and the like, so on and so forth. So those were pretty interesting items too. Yeah. But I still like police slips. So I always thought they were fun, fun to collect, and they were interesting to collect, to collect, to say the least. Alright, as we're down, counting down, we've got less than eight minutes left in the show. As a reminder, if you don't subscribe to Green Iron Greats, what are you waiting for? Check out our website, <laughs> GreenIronGreatsMagazine.com, for all your back issue and subscription information. And I hope you subscribe to us. What else are you thinking about, Joe, as we're what, what, getting close what to wrapping are you up waiting the show?
0: For? If you're listening to the show but you don't subscribe to Gridiron Greats. I mean, just think of the amazing articles you're missing out on. I mean, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the, the amazing article on the 88's top stickers that was in the last one. I, I just finished a really good article for the up-and-coming Gridiron Greats that I was pretty proud of uh, called The Most Popular Football Set. Uh, and uh, what do you think? Did I really enjoyed reading it. Very informative to say the tracking what the most popular football sets are by quantity and putting in the spreadsheet. And I literally wrote an article about the comings and goings of popularities of sets. I mean, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, a little bit of humor in there. I've, I, I always love to sprinkle some humor into my, my, uh, my story. I'm not <laughs> sure if you, ca- if you catch my red herrings that I, I try to plant Bob, but uh, I always enjoy. I see them clearly. When, I, when we're when we're doing the layout, <laughs> we can
1: find it. And I, <laughs> Brenda and I, Brenda proof, proof and I on Grace probably a hundred times if we proof it once. So it's we uh, we 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 laugh at the same stuff when we see it. So it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting to see in view. But in, but in any event, it, it was it was a it was an interesting article. Getting back to your sticker article, uh, the one thing I, I I always liked about that eighty eight top sticker set. And I, and I remember buying those packs back in 1988 along with the 88 regular football cards is I just thought it was fascinating. You had two different sets out of the stickers, you know what I mean? And yeah. wh- how, why, or however they marketed it for whatever reason, uh, I think they marketed it and developed it just so you would buy a lot more stickers because you would get your stickers for your album and you would also want to, you know, Get the 67 card, yep. uh, the 67 stickers of what you had there, so on and so forth. So it's very interesting uh, to see that marketing, and then basically that was the, that was it. You know, they 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 1989 that was it with tops. You know, as far yep. as their stickers were concerned. So I found that I found it very interesting for whatever reason. But again, I don't think the 88 uh, sticker set was that popular at the time. And I know over the years, and I still see today on eBay or whatever, you know, dealers are still selling complete cases of them, and uh, so there's still a lot out in the market, one way or the other. But uh yeah, interesting. And interesting what, I love about, what I
0: love about an article like that is you always discover one or two things that you didn't know. I mean, you think you know that right. because you collected it when you were a kid. Always something yep. else. Yeah. Yep. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, and I and fun. I think again, if you go back to nineteen, if you really go back to nineteen forty eight when you had the Bowman's, and if you look at it year by year, you'd be pretty surprised to see, and not counting CFL cards, but you'd you'd be surprised to see what was really out there for the for each year, and if you throw in all the team issues at the same time, I mean you got you got an incredible amount of cards to collect from. You know what I feel is the purest. They are 1948 to 1988. It's just an amazing amount of cards to collect, and and, and an amazing variety of stickers, disc. You know all sorts of stuff yeah. that that's just uh, that's just out there. It's just uh, amazing to see and amazing to to collect at the same time. And and again, it's almost like you can't call 1948 to 88 complete because literally every Few years, something new is found, and uh, people are collecting it and trying to find it. So uh, I find that very interesting. It's the fun of the hobby too—to actually find something I yeah. I've never seen before. But uh, and the one thing, 1988, I'll point out too, and a set I'm working on, but I had very, very uh, little luck with is the starting lineup cards that were inserted into the packages yeah. of the figurine. Uh, that's a heck of a set to try to put together and try to find. And if I ever, you know, if I at a show, I rarely see them. But if I do find, see see one, I see more later cards than the 1988 series. I'll always buy them and try to uh, pick them up. So, interesting yeah. to say it always. To say it always. But, all right. Down to the two minute warning. I'll hand off to you, Joe. What'd you pick up on today's uh, <laughs> show?
0: Auctions, auctions. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you're actually the first person I've ever talked about uh, just the anticipation of auctions coming up, and fingers crossed, or something, and then you're you're cool because I don't know. I've taken like the last four or five years, or even longer, and really whittled my collection down to the stuff that I love. I I, I went from collecting every set from you know Mayo to eighty nine tops, uh, and got it down to, you know, just the cards I like, the programs, the tickets. But in other words, I uncluttered. Uh, I, I, yep. I still have a few yep. more things I want to get rid of, but, you know, how do you offload, you know, 900 Steve Largent cards? Uh, you know, you got to trickle those out into the market. <laughs> uh, you will flip so, the market. I don't so know. It, you can't do that. But it, in other words, yeah, now I... that I'm not splashing around, uh, you know, buying – you know, whatever. It's now I, uh, now I, I enjoy, you know, looking at auctions a lot more where it's just, Oh, okay. You know, and it makes it a lot of to pass something up where it's like, Oh, hall of fame, rookie card. I, I, I should buy that. But you know what? No, I don't want to get back into collecting hall of fame, rookie cards. Right. You know,
1: right. right. I hear you.
0: Hey, you know, it was the same thing with me when I finished my
1: run from 1948 to 2015, I, I took a break, and then I said, "Well, what am I going to collect now?" And I said, "Well, let me just work on my oddball stuff, and it's at my speed, yeah. and, and that's about it." You know, and if something comes up and I like it, I'll buy it. And if it, you know, and if not, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, that type of thing. And uh, I, I pretty much shut down everything at 2015 when Tops ended. And the only thing that I kept up with, as, a, as, a, as I said numerous times, was the Packers Felisa for cards, So I'm not overly concerned because I'm not. I, there's no way I can keep up with all the different brands of panini, and I'm not going to go crazy about it. You know, at the same time, I don't need 30 cards of the same player on the Packers for 2020. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> I, I said to myself, I, I accomplished the run. It was tough. I, I, you know, I'm proud of it. It's, it's my, you know, yep. it's. it's it's what I'm defined by, and I'm happy with it. And if I can find upgrades, I, find, I upgrade when I, when I can, and that's it. All right, we're almost out of time. Again, check out our website, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. We'll,
0: we'll, hopefully
1: we'll be back in about a week or two with another show. Joe,
0: 10 seconds. Final thoughts. Uh, great, great talk, Captain. I, I say it a lot. I've got the best seat in the house, talking to the captain about football. So thank you.
1: You are quite welcome thanks for being a great co-host and thanks for listening and we'll see you uh in a in a week or two good Greats dot com